Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Anderson. I'm an of counsel attorney with Ogletree Deacons, uh, and I have my fantastic colleague Andre Apple from our Berlin office on the podcast as well uh, today. And we are excited to be able to talk with you about remote work and specifically uh, remote work or telework uh, in Europe, the Middle East and Africa, or EMEA, as we'll refer to it in this podcast. Uh, this is the third podcast in a series, so we do encourage everyone listening to, to listen to the, the prior podcast uh, on the Asia-Pacific region and the Latin America region specifically. But for today, we're going to talk about EMEA, and as everywhere else in the world, and EMEA has been no different, there's been tremendous changes over the last 18 months due to the COVID-19 pandemic specifically including in the workplace for our purposes today. And one key change globally was that employees have been forced to work from home uh, for, you know, the as we all know, for the first part of the, the pandemic, it was a requirement basically everywhere in the world to to be working from home if, if possible. And except for essential workers, uh, as that was defined in each country, now we're in a situation where there can be some return to work. And my colleague Andre is going to talk about that. So the return to the workplace um, has become more possible now in most locations in EMEA, but not everywhere. I come back to that uh, immediately. So uh, in these regions, employers are now assessing what their approach to remote work will be after the pandemic times, because every employer and every employee saw uh, now the, that, that remote work also brought some big advantages uh, to the uh, economic landscape. And uh, they... Uh, a lot of employers want to stick to uh, some sort of uh, remote working rules even after the pandemic has hopefully uh, gone uh, one time. So um, everyone returned to the office is maybe not the best uh, model ever. So I think we will see some more models in the future, sort of hybrid uh, models one side and on the other side, we will see an increasing number of employers uh, giving their employees uh, the chance to work remotely um, most of the time and to be free wherever they want to uh, to work. That said, in Germany, unfortunately, we see uh, the uh, opposite of that because uh, due to the very high infection rates, especially in Germany for the moment, the German government has decided to order uh, reorder a mandatory home office in all states from November 24th, 2021 on until, uh, for the moment, uh, the date is unclear, but until uh, at least uh, mid of March uh, 2022. So I come back uh, to uh, this uh, particularity a little bit later because we are not 
talking uh, to uh, solely uh, about Germany, but about EMEA and for EMEA, the in, in most uh, regions in EMEA, uh, situa the situation is not so bad uh, like in Germany for the moment. So for this podcast, we will look at the EU generally and German specifically um, because of the new regulation. And we'll also look at South Africa and the United Arabian Emirates. So Chris, right. what do you have to say about that? Yeah, thank, thanks, Andre. And, and, and that's, it's a good point, too, that I think all of us are, are wise to, to continue to, to watch, of course, as we hear talk of a fourth wave um, who knows how many waves we'll have ultimately of, of COVID-19, but, but as this continues to come in waves, we're going to continue to see an ever-changing landscape and, and employers are having to, to be flexible and ready to, to deal with that um, as, as we're seeing right now in Germany specifically. But I, I would not be surprised if we see similar legislation through the holiday period and then into the new year and in lots of locations. But, but for this purpose, for our purpose today, you know, we want to focus on four issues. I mean, it, the remote work, uh, telework area is very broad and it, and it touches on many, many areas uh, uh, regarding employment. Um, but we're going to focus on four for the purpose of time today, uh, which are how remote work is agreed upon. Second, who foots the bill, who's going to pay for the remote work. And third, uh, health and safety issues arising uh, from remote work. And fourth, uh, employee morale, performance management, time management, kind of we're just going to give some recommendations on that, but mainly on how to ensure that employees are not only they're satisfied, but they're also performing in a satisfactory way um, in the remote work. And Andre is going to start us off uh, with the first topic of how remote work is agreed upon. So during pandemic, uh, telework was uh, mandatory in uh, a lot of uh, uh, countries all over EMEA and uh, also in other uh, regions of uh, the world. If we are looking at uh, Germany, it was mandatory until July 2021. And uh, unfortunately, it is now again mandatory from November 24th, uh, on until uh, for the moment March 19th, 2022. This means that all employers nationwide are required to offer employees with appropriate tasks to work from home if there are no compelling operational reasons against such as, uh, for example, technical reasons or because specific employees are required to be in the office. For example, processing of physical mail that has to be done in the office, the occupation of a counter, uh, tasks like that that cannot be accomplished from home. Um, and um, as the last time too, employees are also required to accept the working from home offer normally, except they have valid reasons not to do so. This can be, for example, the flat that is too small um, and uh, without any space to perform work in acceptable conditions. So you cannot make the flat uh, bigger than it is, that is clear. Or, for example, if, you, the, if the employee has a greater number of children to care or, very simple, there's no internet connection, uh, this also can make work from home impossible outside of the context still dominated by COVID and special regulations to contain the disease, countries have uh, rules associated with telework that must be followed. So during pandemic times, everything must be agreed a little bit uh, more uh, quickly than, uh, than normal. So some of the mandatory, normally mandatory rules have 
yeah, are not to be observed for the moment, but uh, once uh, COVID has uh, gone, there will be new or the, the old rules that have to be observed uh, when working from home. So uh, let's begin with the EU. So the EU uh, has uh, adopted teleworking rules very uh, early already in 2002, but uh, these are very basic rules that can serve as a very minimum requirement that has that applies all over the EU, such as, for example, the voluntary nature of telework or, or remote work. So no employee can be forced to do remote work against his will. And another example is the guarantee of the same employment conditions as comparable employees in the office. So uh, no uh, distinction should be made between the, um, the employees in the office and the remote employees. They should have the same conditions as far as possible. Then uh, the employer is responsible for data protection, even in a remote environment. This is clear. So this is the, uh, normally this is the employer's obligation to care for data protection everywhere. And even if the employee is working from home, it is the employer who is responsible that the employee complies with the data protection rights even from home, even when working from home. Another point is that as a general rule, the employer is responsible and liable for providing the equipment that is necessary to, pro to, to provide uh, work from home or remote work. So it is not up to the employee to have uh, the necessary equipment. It is up to the employer to care um, for the necessary equipment uh, for uh, home or remote work. Occupational health and safety rules must also be observed while working from home. The necessity to manage the working time uh, is also a very important point, which is mentioned in the telework rules from 2002. So it uh, should not lead to uh, the employee working uh, around the clock. So if he has a, an eight hour, 40 hour uh, contract for the week, uh, he or she should work not more than 40 hours, uh, even when working from home. Um, that's uh, the, tel the, the, the very basic telework rules from 2002. And um, in uh, Europe, we see, uh, in, in, in many countries, we see um, consultation requirements where works councils exist. And um, there are differences from country to country. But what we can say as a general rule is that uh, it can be said that existing works councils must be involved all uh, over the countries in the decision as to whether and how remote work is provided specifically, uh, which is called in Germany a process of co-determination, as well as for the choice of the employee groups who can work from home or cannot work from home. So uh, let's uh, have another look uh, to, to uh, Germany um, and to the question how remote work is agreed upon. So um, outside of the COVID context in Germany, telework does not need to be fixed in a, in a written agreement. This can be um, included in the employment contract or it could also be a separate, uh, a separate teleworking 
contract to teleworking agreement that stands beside the employment contract. Um, and uh, often um, um, works uh, agreements or CBAs um, uh, have also rules in there that have to be observed when um, or while working uh, from home. But uh, the general rule is it does not have to be uh, agreed upon in a written agreement. But if you conclude um, an agreement upon uh, teleworking, it is uh, clear what rules apply. Apply. And if you don't have a written agreement, there's also the situation is sometimes a little bit difficult because you cannot prove the, the rules that have to be observed while working from home. And if there is a works council present in the operational unit, um, the uh, employer has also the possibility to enter into a company telework agreement with the works council that applies all over the operational unit. And this uh, is also a possibility to set rules um, that does that don't apply to one specific employee, but to all employees in the operational unit. This is normally the way to go if a works council exists in the operational unit. So this uh, is uh, very quickly the situation in Germany. And um, as another example, we have chosen uh, Spain because uh, Spain has adopted uh, one year ago a new law regarding telework. It is called Decreto 28-2020, which has been adopted in September 20, on September 22, 2020. And it applies if 30% or more of the working time is worked uh, off-site in a three-month period. So if this uh, threshold uh, has uh, is reached, um, uh, then a separate teleworking agreement must be concluded in uh, by in writing. Sorry, and we have to say that telework is completely voluntary in in, in Spain. So um, outside of the uh, of the of the COVID context, no employer can be forced to offer teleworking. But if uh, the parties agree to uh, work. Uh, in a remote environment, there has to be um, uh, a written agreement that must be also reversible for both sides. That is a Spanish particularity, let me say. And in uh, this uh, decreto, there are specific, specific regulations for the protection of privacy and data protection compliance uh, um, that have to be observed. So, uh, Chris, this is the this was the situation in Germany and in uh, and in Spain. What about uh, South Africa, for example? Uh, thanks, Andre. Um, yeah, for South Africa, it's you know, the divergence from from the EU. Uh, in Europe, specifically, generally, is that uh, in South Africa and in the Middle East as well, um, there's there's less regulation overall. Um, is a point to make at a high level. Uh, but during COVID nineteen, as everywhere else in the world, it was very much everyone responding to that. Typically, the requirements to work from home or just a lot more openness to that. But outside of that, of the COVID nineteen context, as, as employees are returning to work more openly in South Africa. Uh, the key thing for employers to know is that that you want to you can't handle things in such a ad hoc form you know fashion as as you did during 
COVID-19 where it was just basically thrust upon you to have to work from home. Uh, so now you want to go through a, a, a process. While there's no specific regulations uh, governing remote work in South Africa currently, there is a process to consider whether the current contracts of employment confer a contractual entitlement or obligation to work from the office or from home. Um, in many cases, we've seen clients that they realized their contracts were only geared towards a, a, a physical workplace uh, format, uh, unless remote work was, was envisioned right from the start of the employment. So uh, for someone who typically historically worked in the office, there wouldn't be a clause in there you know, typically saying, and you can work from home as well, or as needed, work from home uh, because it wasn't envisioned. So now, if if that's the case for South Africa, you want to revisit that, amend that contract potentially um, to allow for the the remote work. If that's going to be the ongoing reality for for any employer groups of employees, and also if the telework agreement, you know, if, it, if it's not included in the employment contract, you you want to of course consult with the employees and obtain their consent to the arrangement. Um, and realize that health and safety obligations, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, are going to extend to that telework in South Africa. So basically, you, you need to get an agreement in place where you're going to amend their employment contract to, to allow for um, the telework. And if there is a union presence, of course, um, in an applicable CBA that governs uh, employment as well, then you'd have to go through the, by the terms and conditions of that as well, uh, if that's a reality in your workplace. And then for the UAE, uh, there's also no required process currently for for remote work, but during COVID-19, employers were able to require it as uh, in South Africa and most other places, as we've mentioned. But outside of COVID-19, again, if it's not included in the employment agreement, then it should be agreed upon as a written addendum to that agreement um, to be in the best position to show that both parties have agreed to telework. And that's going to limit any risk of a constructive dismissal claim or a, a claim of unilateral change or diminution of employee benefits or changes of employee employee responsibilities. And then uh, if the employee doesn't agree, um, the, you know, the company can still potentially move forward. If the employee accepts the the uh, the new arrangement, it can be seen as deemed consent, um, you know, or there's even a potential where you can terminate employment and offer new employment. Although there's a host of issues that come up with that, so that would need to be need to be analyzed on a case by case basis. But hopefully, employees buy in and they want to, to do this. They see this as a benefit, and then it's just a matter of making sure there's there's written agreement to the arrangement. So now we'll we'll, we'll look at the second topic of who pays for for it, who's going to foot the bill for the remote work. And in an office setting, employers typically are going to provide all the work work equipment, right? That's going to be the reality of the situation. But working from home is different. It's a different ballgame because typically the employee is going to have some of those things, the desk, the chair, um, their own internet connection, all of that. But countries are now more focused on remote work and are beginning to introduce guidelines regarding who plays for what. Or it's just common practice that employees and employers are going to begin having these conversations um, with more employees working from home and wanting to have some of this covered just from a practical standpoint. So as general contract principle that, you know, that an employer cannot lessen the employee's remuneration or benefits unilaterally. So to the extent the employees receive lots of benefits by working in the physical workplace, it just, it's a practical reality that when, especially again, if the employers is unilaterally telling employees they're going to be working from home now uh, as an employer decision, that there's going to be conversation around that. Um, and in certain countries, there's going to be regulation around that as well. And Andre, why don't you start us off with the EU? 
generally in the EU, there are no special mandatory regulations uh, who has to pay for uh, what, especially because if someone is working from home, uh, normally he or she has already an internet connection he or she uses privately. So uh, right, it can right. also be used in uh, the employment context without extra cost. So uh, it is unclear who has to pay for that. The EU generally has not adopted uh, special mandatory regulations um, um, EU-wide. In uh, certain jurisdictions all over the uh, EU, for example in France or in the Czech Republic, the situation is different and uh, there are stricter rules as to what the employer has to reimburse to uh, the employee. It is clear and I don't uh, think there is much doubt about that, that uh, for example if the employee uh, needs a laptop uh, to uh, to uh, perform work from home that this laptop has to be uh, bought and maintained by the by the employer but for example what is uh, with the electricity that the laptop consumes or with the internet connection the em employee needs to connect with uh, the firm network um, in, for example there are some rules in, in in France and in the Czech Republic that these costs have to be reimbursed. Um, for Germany especially, um, there are no set or mandatory rules and it depends on how the telework is organized and uh, who applied for it. Um, if uh, it is the employee uh, who wants to uh, perform telework from time to time because the employee wants to be able to care for family members or wants to have a little bit more space uh, more, more, more time um, at home to perform some to perform some other uh, tasks too at home. The uh, employer must uh, only provide the necessary working material, but the employer is not required to provide a full office equipment for the home office workplace. And uh, um, then the uh, employer is. Uh, also not required to pay for additional costs such as uh, the internet connection, such as uh, uh, the water consumption, such as uh, heating or uh, the, uh, the consumed electricity. But uh, if the employee, for example, is, requ is required to work from home all the time, uh, then the employee can bear the office space for this sp special employee. And in these uh, conditions, the employer is obliged uh, to provide uh, everything that is necessary to complete the work from home. So he has to, uh, to pay for an appropriate desk, an appropriate chair, the right lightning, etc., uh, etc., et and in uh, that case, uh, the teleworking space replaces the office workplace. So uh, this uh, is, uh, on the one hand, it is uh, more expensive. Telework is more expensive for the employee, uh, for the employer. Sorry, um, but uh, on the other hand, the uh, employer can uh, uh, replace the office workplace by the home workplace, which spares the employee a lot of money and in these cases most employers pay a lump sum for the use of internet connection electricity and uh, heating which uh, amounts to 
between 100 and 250 euro per month. And we have to say that uh, court disputes over such home office arrangements are very, very rare. Normally, if the employee is not uh, is not happy with, uh, with the rules set by the employer, uh, he or she says uh, that he did not, uh, he does not want to, to continue working from home. And then the employer, not the possibility to require the uh, the employee to continue with the homework the employee has a, a, then the possibility to return into the office if he or she wants outside of these COVID, special covid regulations of course so um, spain uh, who, that has this uh, this uh, requirement to conclude a written agreement uh, it requires the employer to pay for all costs related to the remote work um, including the internet connection and including uh, the consumed part of uh, the electricity, for example. Um, that is also very particular and not so cheap for the employer. So, uh, Chris, what about South, South, South Africa and the U, UAE? Thanks, Andre. Yeah, and, and so again, in, like with and what we'll see in all of these uh, topics for the most part, there is a, a pretty big divergence between uh, the EU and Europe and the, the rest of, of EMEA, the Middle East and Africa specifically. And, and so for, for South Africa and the UAE, there's no specific requirement uh, to regarding who pays for the home office costs currently. Therefore, it's subject to negotiation and agreement between the parties. Employers need to consider a few practical points. First is that, as I said a moment ago, there's going to be a practical reality that employees who've been working in the office, in, in a physical office, and given the benefits of that, are going to you know, practically want to at least have a conversation about how that's going to be covered at home. And so, just being prepared and seeing that coming, and, and being prepared to be proactive about those conversations, and work with employees to to uh, to have a good arrangement for everyone, um, is something employers may want to consider. Um, and also the health and safety requirements, second, the health and safety requirements of each country, um, keeping those in mind to make reasonably sure that the employee is in uh, a healthy and safe environment where while doing the work. And you know, if, if your operations are in countries that are lower on the socioeconomic scale, it can commonly become more important to consider those health and safety requirements um, if the home environment is not um, conducive to work and those things. And we'll talk about health and safety next. But but from a who pays for what standpoint, it does come into effect or needs to be taken into account um, for that reason, just to, to, you know, if an employee cannot pay for something that needs to be done. So practically speaking, it's likely that the employees will want those costs covered, um, especially, again, as I said a few moments ago, if they're being required to work from home by the company, uh, as Andre said, outside of the COVID-19 context, um, if the company is shifting to a full remote uh, remote work uh, policy. And I can say for South Africa, particularly in the African context, it is becoming more common for employers to furnish employees with uh, an allowance for remote work um, on either a monthly basis or upfront uh, to assist with that to, to establish their offices just from a practical standpoint. Um, and the same for UAE as a matter of agreement. You know, there's no requirement to, to regarding who pays, so it just needs to be negotiated um, together. And that's all, of course, subject to, to regulations coming out at any point in the future. But currently, it just needs to be something that practically is negotiated between the parties and agreed. 
And now we'll turn to health and safety specifically. And Andre is going to start us off with touching on this issue and specifically the EU. As a general rule in the EMEA region, there are not so much differences from country to country. Generally, uh, employers must fulfill their health and safety obligations to protect the health and safety of their staff. Uh, that applies in the uh, same way to a remote working location as they do in the workplace. Uh, with some uh, nuances between uh, the, the different countries, but this is the general uh, general rule. And uh, these uh, this general rule includes uh, that the employer has to uh, care for uh, the right office furniture, the appropriate lightning, the right screens, etc. And this includes mental health issues as well. Generally in the EU, um, there are no consistent regulations that apply all over uh, the countries, but basically the same rules of occupational health and safety apply at home and in the office. So there are not so much big differences if you are in the office or if you are working in a remote environment. As for Germany, for example, um, if the employer requires the employee to work from home as a replacement for the office in the business, the same occupational health and safety obligations apply also at home, which includes the appropriate uh, furniture like desk and chairs that has uh, that have to be um, appropriate for the uh, for, for the task to be done, uh, the right uh, size of the screens, the right uh, lightning that uh, would also be appropriate in uh, the um, office space. So basically in these conditions, the employee needs a separate room that is which is appropriate for performing the work at home, which uh, is not possible in, in uh, every context, but uh, if there's no office space in, um, in, in the business, the employee can require the employer to, um, to to set up an extra room with uh, all the appropriate furniture and things uh, that are needed uh, also in the uh, in the business um, environment at home. If the employer um, allows the employee to work remotely on a voluntary basis. Uh, for some days in a week or for some days in a month, there is no legal need to set up such a fixed workplace. Thus, no special occupational health and safety rules uh, apply in, uh, in uh, that context. The same is some employers um, allow the employees to work uh, remotely from anywhere so they can work from uh, the cafe or from the from a, um, a train or from the hotel room somewhere in germany so even in that context it is clear that there's no special um, um, space that can be assessed um, and uh, that has to uh, follow the uh, occupational health and safety rules. So such an environment, this is basically not even possible. In any case, uh, there are other um, occupational safety rules that apply any, uh, that apply always. For example, the German Working Time Act, 
which applies in full, even if the employees works um, remotely or from home. This means that uh, on Sundays and public holidays, uh, the employees are not allowed to work, um, which applies in the office but also in uh, in the remote work requirement. So no, basically no work on Sundays or public holidays and uh, the maximum uh, working time uh, a day is uh, 10 hours. So uh, the employee is legally forbidden to work more than uh, 10 hours, even if he or she works from home. And for South Africa and the UAE, there's, there's also not specific reg regulations on health and safety for remote work specifically, although there are health and safety regulations that apply to remote work and working from home. So, so those regulations that are already in place extend to the home office. A lot of the things that Andre's already mentioned for the EU um, apply just at a, a more, not as specific or granular level, but definitely just making sure as a general principle that the workplace is over is healthy and safe. Um, and that's ergonomic issues. That's um, you know, slip and fall, kind of uh, open open issues of of any um, with electricity, any kind of um, major issues and and minor issues that the employer at least needs to to take into account. And so in South Africa, at a minimum, the employers will want to get a written representation and warranty from the employee that the workplace is safe, and and that can be as detailed. As you would want it to be, um, there's there's ways to inspect even on you know using FaceTime or you know to be able to confirm those things. But at least getting a written rep and warranty that the workplace is safe um, and kind of checking the boxes on um, major issues uh, regarding health and safety. Um, you know, checking they have a, the proper desk equipment, checking they have um, internet access, checking there's no open and obvious uh, dangers. Uh, electrically or otherwise, um, that, that you know things like that, um, and then for the UAE, um, likewise, there's no specific regulation for remote work, but the health and safety rules do apply, um, and so the recommendation is for employers to um, to consider having employees self-certify that the work environment is healthy and safe. So similar to South Africa, having a rep and warranty, a self-certification um in a written agreement that the workplace is healthy and safe in either context and this really applies globally andre is that if if there's a question or concern about health and safety because of the overriding requirement on employers to ensure the environment's health and safety if you know that an employee's um if their home office is not healthy healthy and safe if it's not a conducive place for them to to con uh, conduct their work in a way that that um, is going to keep them healthy and safe, then employers need to consider um, that assisting with the, getting the equipment, uh, going through a process of making sure that's done. Again, there's no specific regulations on on how who pays for what or how that gets done, but but employers ultimately are responsible for ensuring a healthy and safe work environment. Um, and so it, you know, it becomes a, it, something you need to analyze on a case by case basis to to consider. How can we help our our folks uh, to have a healthy and safe environment uh, going forward? Finally, for working hours and performance management, we're just going to give a few recommendations because this is such a key area. It could be a whole whole podcast on its own, and we need to bring this one to a close. But as a global uh, idea or global rule, employers uh, should consider the following. Um, employers may want to consider the following: that employers should remind remote employees. 
uh, regarding working hours, as Andre said a few minutes ago, and re requirements to, take a, uh, to record their hours, to take breaks, et cetera, just to make sure they're proactively working with the employees to ensure they're not working on rest days or holidays or working overtime when it hasn't been um, approved in advance, uh, according uh, to with the particular employment contract or other policies of the company. Um, and second, em employers should ensure the workload and performance standards of all the remote employees are equivalent with the office-based employees. Um, so making sure there's no um, disparagement and treatment uh, for people that are working from, if, and this would especially apply if there's a hybrid model um, of remote work. Uh, and third, using available resources to continue having team meetings, continue building up employee morale, having trainings, office events, happy hours, um, using uh, our group uses uh, a platform called Gather. It is a virtual uh, workspace so we can see each other um, in kind of a virtual office environment. Anything to build team morale and to, to, to get your folks together, um, even though they're not physically in the workplace, is, is always going to be a positive. And fourth, ensuring employees have regular access to their manager still obviously goes without saying, but just that they, they are still receiving the same treatment in terms of um, management and supervision as well and implementing project teams uh, where we're able to do that so that the, the individuals can work, continue working together. And that goes back to having some kind of virtual office environment or some way to, to continue connecting together. And then finally, you know, as part of the regular performance process, we just would always encourage um, employers to continue allowing for feedback in every area of work, but, but especially with this remote work in this new environment where remote work is becoming so so much more prevalent to allow feedback on how it's going, what can be better, and to, to use that to revise policies, to implement new policies, um, to make sure that you're being as proactive as possible um, going forward. So we'll end the podcast with that, um, and we appreciate uh, your time. Again, check out the other uh, prior podcast on Latin America in the Asia Pacific region from our other colleagues. Um, we uh, encourage you to do that. And Andre, thank you so much for uh, for your time today as well. Yeah, thank you uh, to you, Chris. And um, yeah, have a nice uh, day ahead. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.